This is the Daily Signal podcast for Monday, June 3rd. I'm Rob Bluey. And I'm Virginia Allen. Today we are featuring Rob's interview with C.J. Saylor. He's the Director of Programs and Development at the Gloucester Institute. He's helping to train the next generation of leaders to be solutionists in their own communities. We also share your letters to the editor and a special interview with a conservative high school student. Savannah Zimbado spent a month as a volunteer at the Heritage Foundation. We'll hear from her about what it's like to be a young conservative and how to expand the movement. Before we begin, we'd like to take a moment to celebrate the Daily Signal's fifth anniversary. That's right, Virginia. Five years ago today, on June 3rd, 2014, the Heritage Foundation officially launched the Daily Signal as our multimedia news organization. Today, we were reflecting on that success over the past five years and want to send a special thank you to all of our listeners and supporters who have helped make it possible. Virginia, I'm also particularly grateful to a few individuals, including Katrina Trinko, Ken McIntyre, and Kelsey Bowler. They were part of our original news crew back in 2014 and are still with us today. And they, along with our other editors, reporters, and contributors, produce what I consider the best journalism in America today. I'm so proud of our team and what we've created. Absolutely. Wow. Congratulations, Rob. This really is such a significant milestone. And I encourage our listeners to visit thedailysignal.com to read Katrina's reflections on the last five years. We'll be right back with today's show coming up next. C.J. Saylor, thanks for joining The Daily Signal. Thank you, Rob. Glad you, to be here. You are the uh, Director of Programs and Development at the Gloucester Institute in yes. Virginia. Uh, I want to ask you about the work that you're doing there because I find it personally really important. Uh, you have brought together a lot of young people, reaching them in ways that I don't think traditionally uh, some groups have. Tell us about how you ended up there and what it is that your programs uh, focus on. Sure, well thanks Rob for, for having me. And the Gloucester Institute was founded in 2005 by Kay Coles James and her husband Charles James with this simple mission of educating and training the next generation of minority leaders. And what we seek to do is to train students to give them first-hand experience in leadership development and we teach them to be solutionists. Uh, Ms. James coined a term called solutionism and what we want to do is train our students to think about solutions when it comes to problems in our urban communities and we think through our training and bringing them to our campus and engaging with leaders from different walks of life, exposing them to different thoughts and different processes that they have not yet seen, uh, gives them an opportunity to take uh, an approach, uh, a solution-based approach to solving the problems in our community. And the great thing about Holly No uh, is it's a national historic landmark. Uh, it's the founding of the United Negro College Fund. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used to uh, have meetings there. Uh, Brown versus Board of Education would meet there to discuss the issues of the day. And during the 1930s and 40s, it was a thought place for uh, black intellectuals to meet. And our founder, Kay Coles James, wanted to keep that legacy alive by bringing today's leaders to there because, as we all know, socialism is quite rampant these days on our college campuses. And so we want to be on the front ground there, right on the front lines of the fight, uh, and introducing minority students to thinking critically about these issues so that they can begin to solve the problems of the day. Well, I have a follow-up for you on that, but I have to say I've been to Holly Knoll a couple of times myself. It is a beautiful property. It is a great place to convene those types of conversations that you're doing. Is it surprising to you that young people who have, you know, in many cases, an experience in college where they should be 
exposed to new ideas or different uh, different ways of thinking or meeting people who would be of interest and help them perhaps throughout their lives are not getting that experience and you have to step in and uh, and really bring them together for that opportunity? Yeah, Rob, I, I, I tell you, it, the, the work of the Gloucester Institute is, is so important and it's so critical in our, in our nation today. Um, I had the opportunity to attend Morehouse College, and this is the school where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is alumnus. And I remember my freshman and sophomore year, um, I would get into debates with uh, my fellow classmates uh, on free enterprises, on limited government, uh, on individual liberty, and what does success look like when you're in the pursuit of liberty and happiness. And a lot of times I got shut down. Uh, and it was a lot of pushback because a lot of folks in, in, in this community um, grew up with the idea that socialism is the way to go, that, that big government is what fixes the problems in the inner city. And I just had a different thought because growing up in Detroit, Michigan, my parents taught me that, hey, well, why do we have to have schools that fail? Why do we have to have um, um, a process that says you have to rely on government for your community to thrive? Uh, why not pull yourself up again by the old adage, by your, by your own bootstraps? And, and find a way to, to solve the problems of the day. And so what we're finding that on our college campuses, uh, the same thing that I went through you know, 10 years ago is pretty much still happening on our college campuses today. And fortunate enough, the Gloucester Institute is that institution um, that we recruit students that are the leaders on the campus that have um, students that look up to them, um, students that they influence, and we go after them uh, and give them the training and, and teach them about being a solutionist and train them about looking at a problem from a solutions-based, results-based approach versus looking at it uh, as, as thinking that government is gonna solve all our problems in the inner city. So uh, we thrive on, on recruiting students that are the leaders on, on historically black college campuses, uh, bringing them to Holly Knoll, having them participate and experience our program and coming out of the program, the result is that we want them to be critical thinkers, better thinkers, so that they can go into their communities and then spread that message to one individual, to the next, and then you have a spiral effect. We've featured some of these stories on The Daily Signal. Um, one that comes to mind is Maurice uh, Kuykendall, if yes. I'm pronouncing the name correctly. Yes. Um, tell me about some of those other success stories and how you've seen people who've participated in your programs go on to have successful careers or, or just be more enlightened to the different ideas um, and solutions that are out there. Sure, yes. There's a young man. Um, his name is Quentin Jordan. Uh, he's actually going to be joining uh, the Heritage Foundation at the Resource Bank coming up. And Quentin, a uh, young man, grew up in South Side of Chicago, uh, economic depressed area, uh, gang violence. And um, uh, Quentin came to us um, with really not a lot of confidence. Uh, he came to us uh, really growing up in a liberal uh, household to where he was told to vote for a Democrat no matter what uh, issues or solutions that they, they proposed. And he came to us uh, with an open mind, wanting to learn and wanting to find out what this solutionism is about, what Ms. James Coyne is, is, is being a solutionist, and to learn more about how he can apply that to his life. Uh, so spending a year in our program, a year later we get a call back from Quentin, and, and Quentin is telling us that um, he has now uh, found his way to supporting our current president, and that he did so because he had got tired of the shackles and all of the policies that uh, liberalism had taught him uh, that he wanted to break free and he wanted to think for himself and he wanted to um, uh, support um, uh, ideas that 
uh, promoted free enterprise. He wanted to support ideas that promoted smaller government. He wanted to support ideas that believed in individual liberty. And he said he came to this because critical thinking allowed him to say, I've looked at my current situation growing up in the south side of Chicago. Nothing has changed. The situation has remained the same. Why not try something different? Why not try an approach that's re results-based, that's solution-based, and that, that, that um, encourages you to think on a level of, of individual liberty and a free enterprise system in which we can thrive and reach our biggest dreams. And so Quentin today uh, works in Washington, D.C. Uh, he is involved and active with the Black Conservative Federation. He's uh, been helpful in um, interning uh, and volunteering with the, Her with, um, the Gloucester Institute. Um, and he's a young man that has turned his life around, but he's done it because he found that using critical thinking allowed him to see uh, all of the pitfalls that liberal thinking has given him in his community. Thank you so much for sharing that story. That's that's really inspiring. Uh, you know, uh, relatedly, I know that some of our own interns at the Heritage Foundation had an opportunity to interact with the emerging leaders at, uh, at, at the Gloucester Institute. And to me, we, we wrote about this in the Daily Signal. In fact, our listeners can uh, can go and check out that story because it, it not only gave our own interns an opportunity to hear perspectives that they might not have otherwise experienced, but the interaction between the students was quite uh, quite inspiring in of itself. Tell us more about that type of programming that you do and, and, and what you found successful from, from that experience. It was, I thank you Rob for that question. Uh, it was very compelling. Uh, it was a really great moment to see um, conservative young leaders, millennials, and Generation Zers come together with liberal uh, African-American minority students to discuss uh, issues that uh, plague our country. And uh, what we found, and we conducted surveys after we got these groups together to discuss these issues, is that 98% of them agreed that school choice was a particular issue that can help the inner cities thrive and can fix the uh, degradation and the issues that have been going on in our public school systems for decades in the inner cities. And they all agreed that school choice is something that we should try and it should work. But a lot of them said the liberal media has been teaching them and telling them that school choice is bad, that it wants to take money from public schools and that public schools is the end of them, but not the fact that that school choice actually empowers parents that it increases uh, uh, test scores for students. It gives them an opportunity to thrive and to go on and, and to achieve the dreams that this great country uh, offers uh, to individuals. And so they came together and saw that that was one particular issue that they can work together on. Uh, we talked about criminal justice reform, and we found that in criminal justice reform, a lot of our students were not aware of the President's First Step Act, and that it's something that uh, is going to have a major impact, is having a major impact uh, in these minority communities, and that they were unaware of these efforts. Uh, and so they found that, hey, well, we can work together on this. This is something that the media has told us that Republicans don't care about uh, criminal justice reform, that they're not uh, putting any uh, substantial um, uh, laws and issues into effect that can help us thrive. And they were uh, really excited to see that uh, these were some issues that we can work together on that they found common ground. And so it's, it's exciting and that's the good news about this fight against socialism being spread on our campus. There's some numbers out that says um, millennials and Generation Zers uh, embrace a socialist society uh, and that they're 44% uh, more likely to be independents. I think the good news for our movement, Rob, is that with Heritage Foundation, the work that Heritage is doing, and, and with the, the partnership that, that we have uh, combined uh, with the Gloucester Institute, 
that we can continue to reach more of these students and continue to have more of these uh, dialogues so that the, the minority students that are not exposed to the ideas of a free enterprise system, a limited government, of individual liberty, they get exposure to this and they can take this back to their communities and then we can see that we may not reach one or two, but we may be able to reach 10 students and that's a win in our book. Yeah, no, it's great. And, I, and I'm so glad you mentioned uh, trying to find that common ground. I think that is the first step probably that you need to take, um, particularly as conservatives, to be able to have that conversation and dialogue. I mean, it is, uh, it is truly so important. I want to talk about your own story for a moment. So you mentioned your experience at Morehouse College, uh, but you actually became involved in, in the policy uh, you know, character development uh, arena through a, a, a route that, you know, many people might not know. In right. fact, I even understand you appeared in a, in a film, oh. uh, <laughs> Remember the Titans. So, yeah. so tell us about your own journey. Right, right. Well, I'll tell you, Rob, you know, growing up in Detroit, Michigan, um, with a Methodist minister mother and a father uh, who worked for Ford Motor Company for many, many years and retired and became an entrepreneur, uh, really just taught me about the basics of, of, uh, of being an individual. Uh, and the basis of not relying on government uh, and really supporting and uh, encouraging a free enterprise system because being an entrepreneur and my father and seeing him work day in and day night to uh, provide for my brother and my sister and our, our family, uh, he did that uh, with his own hands. He did that by not uh, relying on government to give him anything. And he said that he wanted to set out and start his own business. And at a very young age, I learned how, how important, how critical the free enterprise system is to our country. And I saw it firsthand at work in our own household. Uh, and so uh, going to Morehouse College, I majored in political science and uh, minored in, um, in drama, film, and television. I wanted to be an actor, so I had an opportunity to be in Remember the Titans. So if any of you see Remember the Titans out there, um, I'm in the background playing an extra, um, and I had an opportunity to appear in some other films as, as an extra. Um, and I had a, one of the best opportunities for me really was trajectory that changed my life was interning at the Heritage Foundation. Um, I started, uh, restarted the College Republicans at Morehouse College. Uh, the chapter had laid dormant for several years and I said, why isn't it a black college Republican chapter at Morehouse College? This is the nation's leading historically black college and we don't have a uh, Republican chapter here. And African Americans are not a monolith. We're not all Democrats. We all don't think in a socialist uh, way. And I said, um, well, let's start a, a Republican chapter. Uh, somehow word got to um, the Washington Times and that made its way over to the Heritage Foundation to Mike Frank at the time who led up the government relations department. And uh, he um, uh, got in touch with a family member of mine and asked me to uh, intern, uh, to apply for the, the internship at the Heritage Foundation. And it was that summer that I really uh, had a deep dive into conservatism. I learned about Edmund Burke and I learned about the founding fathers and really how important conservatism is to our country and how it has been the number one thriving factor in our community. Uh, and I think we're just at a, a point right now um, in, in our country that uh, socialism is trying to to go on our college campuses and put a chokehold on First Amendment rights um, and, and really suppress free thinking, trying to keep our students into this prism uh, of thinking that uh, things improve and get better uh, when you rely on government. And the Gloucester Institute plays a critical role uh, in, in, in combating that on our college campuses, especially our historically black college campuses where socialism is trying to run rampant. But uh, I'm here to say that we are out uh, on the front lines 
uh, combating this, working hard with the help of the Gloucester Institute and the help of many of you watching. Uh, we hope you can continue to support this effort uh, so that we can continue to spread our conservative messages uh, through all parts of the country, through cities, uh, through towns and communities, uh, so that grandchildren, I don't have kids yet. Uh, in fact, I'm getting married in October. Congratulations. And uh, no kids yet, they'll be coming soon, but my kids, um, uh, the grandkids of, of many of our, our supporters out there, that they have a country that's intact, a country that's thriving, a country uh, that supports free enterprise, that that country is there for them when they get to the point of being our, na our nation's next leaders. That's great. I have two more questions for you, uh, both pertaining to the young people that you work with. Uh, first is, who are some of the role models that you see them looking up to? Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in the political space. It could right. be any, anywhere in our culture. Um, are, are there individuals out there who, who they're looking up to or, or others that you would recommend they look right. up to? Well, i tell you, I, uh, I spend a lot of time on our college campuses, uh, on our historical black college campuses, and what I'm finding is a lot of them are looking up to um, uh, a lot of the uh, fig, uh, people that are uh, influential in social media, uh, influential in music. So Jay-Z and Beyonce, uh, they look up to. And one thing that I found in a lot of conversations is that they respect and uh, are interested in Jay-Z's drive for entrepreneurship. And I tell them all the time, now Jay-Z, he's a, a business owner. Um, he owns several companies. And Jay-Z is able to operate at that high level because of a free enterprise system. Jay-Z is able to operate because of what we like to call economic mobility. And when you look at that factor, that is a key component in conservatism. We believe in free enterprise. We believe in getting out the way and letting the small businesses work, letting them thrive. It's the backbone of America. And I tell them, Jay-Z, who you support and who you love, is an entrepreneur. And he supports and loves free enterprise. He may not say it, but that's what he does. And so. A lot of them look up to that, and I try to redirect them to folks like K. Coles James, who's a mentor of mine, my father, um, a lot of folks um, who have uh, been very instrumental in the movement um, and a lot of the things that we do. Um, Armstrong Williams is someone that I think is, is very influential in the, in the media realm, um, who gives a, a view of, of conservatism in the media. Um, I think that... Um, you know, Ronald Reagan is, is a hero of mine, even though I've grown up, you know, in, in that era. Um, uh, he's a, a personal a hero of mine, someone that I think has taken conservatism and our message and was able to, to spread it throughout the country in a way that we've not seen um, before. Um, and I think um, as we continue to look at some of these role models, uh, such as a K. Coles James, uh, and my father, Clarence uh, Sailor Sr., and even my brother, uh, Elroy Sailor, uh, these are individuals that have worked hard, that have toiled, and that have that have uh, looked at the American dream and and found solutions to rising up out of their communities. And they did it because they saw that what conservatism offers, the sky's the limit. And when you take the approach of, of a socialist uh, uh, path, then I think you find a degradation um, and different things uh, collapse uh, on a community and it allows you not to rise up. It keeps you, it keeps you uh, uh, in shackles and it keeps you suppressed. And I think in order to come out of that suppression, um, I think embracing free thought, um, embracing um, individual liberty, free enterprise, limited government, I think are just some of the things that can help one lift themselves up out of poverty and out of a community that has failed them. 
Well, thank you for sharing some of those names with us. If our, if our listeners don't know who they are, I definitely encourage them to, to take a look. My final question then comes down to, as you're interacting with young people, we, we often, it can be a very pessimistic type of outlook because you, you, as you've talked about, there seems to be a rise in the support for socialism and other things like that. How do you feel about it? Are you optimistic or are, are you concerned about the future of our country? Yeah, well, I'll tell you, um, I think in, in being concerned, it helps keep urgency alive. True. It helps keep you uh, on the offense. Uh, and I would say optimism is, is through the roof. Uh, and, and I'm being optimistic in our organization, um, along with our executive director, uh, Winona Coles, and, and our founder, Ms. James, we're optimistic because we see the change. We see the results. Uh, Rob, I tell you, is nothing more um, um, satisfying uh, that our message is working and that conservatism is alive and that it is having an impact on our college campuses from the work that's going on and the students that come back and say, you know what, CJ, my life was changed because of this program and I now, if I go into the voting booth, I'm not voting a straight party ticket uh, for a, a Democratic candidate. I am now looking at using my critical thinking and using that to inform good decision making on the issues that matter to me and to my community and do these decisions as I go into that voting booth and I vote for this particular candidate, improving my community and changing the trajectory of the education system. Uh, is it promoting upward mobility um, in terms of promoting a free enterprise in this community? Uh, is it promoting individual liberty? And when those students begin to ask those questions and they see that and they take that into the voting booth and they take that to, to other students uh, that they engage with, that's when the change has happened and that's when you know the impact um, is really uh, snowballing uh, and it's having a domino effect in the community. And I think that as we begin to see that domino effect take place and the, the hearts and minds of these students are changed, we then know that conservatism is gonna be alive and well for your grandchildren when they come, <laughs> you know, my, my grandchildren, and that our country and the fabric of what our founding fathers set out uh, is gonna be alive and well and going to continue to thrive. CJ Saylor, thanks so much for joining The Daily Signal. Thank you. Appreciate the work you're doing Alrighty. at the Gloucester Institute. Thank you, Rob. Do you have an opinion that you'd like to share? Leave us a voicemail at 202-608-6205 or email us at letters at dailysignal.com. Yours could be featured on The Daily Signal podcast. Thanks for sending us your letters to the editor. Each Monday, we feature our favorites on this show and in our Morning Bell email newsletter. Virginia, who's up first? Victor A. Slayman writes, Dear Daily Signal, I read Katrina Trinko's commentary article on the Pointer Institute for Media Studies and its designation of the Daily Signal as an unreliable news website. This was a surprise to me, so I did a bit of research. I had become aware of NewsGuard through the legal insurrection site. After installing the NewsGuard extension on my system, I used it to check on the Daily Signal. NewsGuard states, the website adheres to all nine of NewsGuard's standards of credibility and transparency. This is a little surprise to me. Keep up the good work. Your readers know that you're definitely not fake news. And Wayne Harmon writes, I have not seen anything on the Daily Signal that was found to be false. You do present a lot of articles depicting conservatives in a positive light, but you are only telling the truth that certain other news outlets won't dare tell. 
your letter could be featured on next week's show. Send an email to letters at dailysignal.com or leave a voicemail message at 202-608-6205. Did you know you can now listen to all of our events through SoundCloud or just by visiting our events page on heritage.org? You now have access to hundreds of events and compelling discussions on policy issues from your car, on the train, or the comfort of your own home. Visit heritage.org slash events for more information or search for the Heritage Foundation on SoundCloud. Rob and I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Savannah Zumbato, a senior at Episcopal High School in Alexandria, Virginia. Savannah is a conservative and has some big dreams about how to spread conservative principles to other young people. Savannah, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So Savannah, you've spent the last four weeks volunteering at the Heritage Foundation Mm -hmm. as part of your senior semester capstone project in high school. Uh, Want to hear a little bit about your experience and uh, more about the uh, senior semester capstone? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. So I am shadowing Elena Richardson in the YLP department. I'm a high school volunteer, so essentially I get to help out with anything that needs to be, whether it's administrative with the getting ready for the intern class, or I got to go to a lot of lectures and seminars as well. And it's just been really interesting because I get to be in a lot of different facets of life here at Heritage and experience meetings with Ted Broman about Interpol abuse, which before I didn't even know what Interpol was. And I just feel like I've been learning a lot. And so I kind of get to bounce around with departments, but I am centered in YLP. Well, the Young Leaders Um, Program at Heritage certainly does some tremendous work. And I imagine you've been also quite busy because we've had a summer intern class just start and uh, you had to do probably a lot of the prep. I, I did. I did do a lot of prep for that. And it was kind of interesting because now I'm like going around and meeting people and I'm like oh yes I remember your name from when I was going through all those spreadsheets but it's really cool we just the other I think yeah yesterday I was talking with one of them and we were kind of one of the new interns and we were brainstorming ideas for how to reach out to young people with YLP and that's been really interesting whether it's you know showing up to college campuses you know um, briefings whatever with more of a casual tone to reach out to younger people people or just what like appeals we can kind of put forth. And so that's been really um, interesting too, kind of the brainstorming aspect of it all. Savannah, along those same lines, uh, it's pretty rare to meet a young person that is so passionate about conservatism. Can you just share a little bit about why are you a conservative? Yeah, I love it when people ask me this question, actually. So my, on my mother's side of the family are immigrants from Costa Rica and Puerto Rico. Um, That's where my last name comes from. And my grandfather came when he was really young and for a better education. He did night school, NYU, while he worked all day um, in New York. He became an engineer. And he, when I was growing up, we would always talk, and he always taught me about the importance of the American dream and the values that the Founding Fathers set forth. And to me, when I think about what a conservative is, it's believing in the American dream and then living in a world that our founders set forth based off of individual freedom, private property, religious freedom, and then 
of course, all men are created equal. And so that's kind of where I find my base. Like when I think about everything, that's where I go back to. You talked earlier, Savannah, about how to connect with young people. For those who are listening to this Mm -hmm. podcast, what advice do you have for those who might be interested in exploring conservatism and where to get their start? Well, of course, I would say come to the heritage. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At Episcopal, I'm the head currently um, passing it down, but the head of the Young Republicans Club and kind of what we worked on this year, we didn't get to do as much as I'd like, but kind of breaking down myths and stereotypes because I think most young people at face value take whatever is kind of pushed at them. I mean, if you go into schools, if you go colleges, go social media news networks, everything that you're going to see at face value most often is kind of more of a liberal agenda. And I think that young people are inclined to do that because if you think of like single payer healthcare, Mm -hmm. you're more inclined to say, oh, well, that's great without looking at all like the real reasons why that doesn't really work. And so I think kind of for young people to come out and say, hi, like I'm a conservative and I'm to actively look for those sources, but it's also and engage with people who might not think the same way, but to always look for those resources. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, So you mentioned that you were the president of the Mm -hmm. Republicans Club. What was that like for you leading that group at your at your um, high school? And, you know, how were you all received and perceived on campus? It was I mean, I loved it. I've been a part of it all four years and it's kind of hard to get things together. But at the beginning of the year, we did kind of like a briefing, I guess, with the Young Democrats Club as well. And we all talked about why we fell in line with our parties and it kind of got heated at some points, but we actually had a really good turnout and so many people were interested to hear. And I found I feel like a lot of we gained respect for a lot of different people. And that's kind of something that I wanted to work on is talking more and letting. So the year before we had a lot of speakers so that you could look at the kids and conservative kids on campus and say, it's okay. There's adults like you too. And this year I wanted to say, it's okay. There's adults like you too, and you can be those adults. So come out and talk about it. And so that's what I kind of tried to do. It was a really cool experience. I think it's interesting. I got less pushback than last year, but there's definitely when some teachers know that you're the president of the Young Republicans Club, you get kind of sometimes different looks. But I think that as long for me as I was willing to talk and to be myself, that people were receptive to what I had to say. So that was pretty cool. Well, it's so important oftentimes to just show up and, and be yeah. present and, uh, and to do what you're doing. Definitely. You mentioned earlier the influence that your family has had on your beliefs. I'm wondering if there's a particular role model in your life, a conservative who stands out, who's helped shape some of your views. Oh, yeah, definitely. It could be in politics, in politics. or media or yeah. anywhere. I love Megyn Kelly. <laughs> I always wanted to be like her growing up. My grandfather was, you see that? This is what you need to be like, you know? And I watched her and I think she's so smart, so sharp. Um, and then I also, I I loved Carly Fiorina and what she said the other day. I was walking in the lobby and I walked by her and I was like, oh my goodness, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. But I think 
even Donald Trump has been someone I don't necessarily agree all the time with what he does or what he says, but I think he's so brave. I mean, he is unapologetically himself. And I think that's so cool that he is what he wants to be and he pushes for what he thinks is right. I remember I was watching a video and a little while ago um, when he said, you watch like the Republicans are going to be the party of, well, like the healthcare system. It was something along those lines. And I think that's so interesting because no one would ever really say that or think that. But he's taking like a new approach to the Republican Party, which I think is really interesting and something that I kind of can appreciate. So Savannah, you are about to graduate. I Congratulations. Am. Thank you. And you are interested in pursuing a career in a field that, you know, at least right now, <laughs> is pretty dominated by the left. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So in the fall, I will be attending Loyola Marymount University out in LA, which is you know, a different world. And I'm going to be going into theater arts. And so I'm an actor. I love acting. And that's something that I do want to pursue. And I know that it's so (laughs) completely left. And I'm kind, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm interested to see where my beliefs and how that kind of infuses to create hopefully something new and important. I, you know, at LMU, the theater program is in the communications department, so there's a lot of infusion with those two, and I would love to as well potentially go into something in communications, whether it be broadcast journalism or just journalism, and so to see how those two work together. Well, Savannah, we wish you the best of luck in your endeavors and on your graduation. Thank Thank you for being with us at The Daily Signal. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. We wish Savannah well in all of her future endeavors, and we look forward to following her career. We certainly do, Virginia. Thanks for joining me for that interview, and best wishes to Savannah. We're going to leave it there for today. The Daily Signal podcast comes to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation. You can find it on the Ricochet Audio Network, along with our other podcasts. All of our shows can be found at dailysignal.com slash podcasts. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And be sure to listen every weekday by adding the Daily Signal podcast as part of your Alexa flash briefing. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review or give us feedback. It really means a lot to us and helps us spread the word to others. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Daily Signal and Facebook.com slash The Daily Signal News. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Daily Signal podcast, executive produced by Kate Trinko and Daniel Davis. Sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.